Bible study if I get the right one. Psalm 96, the missionary psalm. The title of our message tonight, of our thoughts, is what can I give to God? What can I give to God? It's kind of a strange question, isn't it? Because God owns everything. And um, he doesn't need anything, does he? The scripture tells us that as though he needeth anything. But we see commands all throughout the scripture and examples, uh, commands to give and examples of giving all throughout the scripture and that this is a pleasing thing uh, to the Lord. Not so much that God is blessed by it intrinsically, but that he is glorified and that he knows that it's for our good to have that kind of heart and to have that blessing of giving to others and of, of giving to him. But we know that sadly in our day, for the most part, we live in a very, in a very self-centered culture. We live in a culture that wants to be given, a culture that, that wants to serve. As a matter of fact, it wasn't many years ago, not in my lifetime. I don't think I was born yet, but you remember the famous presidential speech by JFK, by John F. Kennedy. And he said, ask not, older people, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, in the time period that we live in, most of the people that would hear that wouldn't even know what he was talking about. That would that would be like what's that guy has flipped his lid? What what is he what is he talking about? Lock him up in an insane asylum, right? Uh, and it's opposite. It's you know what can everybody wants to know well, what can be done for me? But you know that's that's opposite of the Christian life, isn't it? Yes. We we want to be used by God. We want to to give and. And to be used by the Lord. And I'm so thankful uh, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm speaking to people who not just believe this and the words of it. But you're living it uh, in, in your life. And I'm so thankful to be a part of assembly that is that way. And uh, I just want to encourage you all to continue uh, to give everything that you can. Uh, to the Lord. And so we read here in Psalm 96, this is one of the threefold uh, aspects of the psalm. Brother Jeff mentioned some of them on um, Sunday morning. And I just want to look at verse 7 and 8 uh, tonight. The psalmist encourages us. He says, Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His court. So three times there, just in two verses, is the command to give. And we notice that even here, it is not so much monetary things physical things so much that is the main point now when we talk about offerings 
that would include uh, our tithe. It would include our time. It would in, include um, our abilities that we've been given. All of that is an offering that we want to come and bring into God's house as his children. But we're really talking, God's really talking about spiritual things, right? Give unto me glory. Give me honor. Uh, the whole psalm starts with, uh, you need to give your voice in singing. Give your praises to the Lord who's, who's worthy of that. And so that's just kind of what we want to think about. Uh, if you've written that down, just write that down as a question for yourself. Maybe just answer it. Uh, in your heart, what can I give to the Lord? What can Drew Pitney give to the Lord? What can Haley Macarino give to the Lord? It's kind of exciting to even think about that we have that opportunity, that God would allow us that privilege and honor to be of those who would be honored and blessed to give unto Him. And so, that's just a blessing in and of itself. So just three quick points tonight. What can I give to God? Number one, I want to encourage us all, number one, to give Him all your best. Give Him all your best. Brother Andy, if you have uh, your scriptures tonight or if you can get one there, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, and just let me know. When, when you're there and you're ready to read it. Proverbs 3, 9. We're talking about the first fruits of our lives. Giving God the very best of ourselves and of all that He's blessed us with. You ready, brother? Go ahead. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increased we know when they were commanded to bring their sacrifices they were commanded not to bring the second best or the third best he said don't bring the halt or the blind or the lame but he he commanded them to give their very best to the lord when it came time to sacrifice before him now not everybody's best is the same we know that and that's good isn't it because uh, God has only required of us that we give the best that we have. Not everybody can, can sing. Like, I wish I could sing like Uncle Jerry. Always have. It's not going to happen. Except maybe in glory. And I don't even know then <laughs> if, if it will be. But, you know, I can use what God's given me to the best of my ability, to the praise and, and the glory edification of my own soul and and even minister in that way uh, uh, to others. I think about when Jesus was standing beside the treasury. You remember in his ministry, it says that, that, that Jesus was, was standing beside or opposite of the treasury and he was watching the people give into the treasury. And it said that a lot of rich people came and they gave a lot. And the story doesn't really condemn that. But it does draw um, a dynamic there, a contradiction between 
what about what giving is really about, right? Because there, there were these really wealthy people, and they were coming, and they were just dumping loads into the treasury. And that's good. But then there was a widow woman. And we know that the uh, situation of a widow woman is a desperate financial situation most times. Um, you know, they're without a husband, which especially at that time is going to be the main wage earner. And she's going to be older in age probably. And she comes and she has two mites. Like it would be like, I think even less than two of our pennies, even less. It says two mites and it made a what? Does anybody know it started with the F? Y'all forgotten? Two mites make a farthing, right? I don't even know what a farthing is. It was some, some type of Roman currency. Two mites she had, which made up a farthing, and it said that she cast them in. And Jesus saw her do it. And this is the advantage that Jesus has, right? He, can, he knows all things. And he, he looks on our hearts. And it says in that, that passage there, it's in Mark, that he gathered the disciples together. And he said, I want you to know something. He said that, that this widow woman that put in the two mites, she gave more than anybody else. And they were astonished because they had saw the amount that the other put in. And, and, you know, Jesus could tell their astonishment. And he said, well, this is why. Because... Those other people, they gave of their abundance. It, did, it didn't hurt them in any way. They weren't going to lack in any way because of what that they had given, right? He said, but she cast in, listen to this, beloved, all her living. That's what it, that's what it means, the language there. All her living, she cast before the Lord. And the Lord said, she gave more than they all just just her too much it's amazing the lord's scale and and our scale is, is somewhat awesome sometimes it's very precious and so just there again you know she gave her very best the first fruits of all her substance and for her it was actually all of her everything uh to god and then i think too about the woman with the alabaster box Y'all, y'all remember that that she had saved this special ointment in this alabaster box. Most people think it was probably something that was passed down to her that was very precious. Uh, probably was going to be used maybe for when she got married. But her love for Christ was such that she had to give him something. He had no doubt given something to her that was far beyond any treasure in the world and hasn't he done that for us all right and we think about that when we think about this about the reciprocating nature of giving and we should always think it this way that god has given his very best to us he gave heaven's best as has often been said for earth's worst right hallelujah and so she she just valued christ so much and so she brings the alabaster box and she breaks it she puts it on the feet of Christ, wipes it with her tears and the hairs of her head. The aroma is just beautiful. It fills the room. But it also unmasks the poverty 
that was in some of the hearts of the people around. I think it was Judas especially, Judas Iscariot, who kept the bag, right? He said, man, what a waste. What a waste this was. This, this could have been sold, and who knows if Judas really thought this, but it's what's recorded. It could have been given, it could have been given to the poor, right? We could have, we could have used this, and, and this was a waste. But Jesus said, you're wrong in, in your thinking. He said, you don't understand what, what she's done. He said, she's actually anointed me for my burial. And I know that it was precious to Jesus because he saw himself in that alabaster box. That that was going to be broken and poured out as a sweet salver uh, uh, to God. Heaven's best was going to be given and has been given for us. And I'm glad that we, we have a great benefactor. Do we not tonight? God, God always gives us good gifts. He's, he's the father that gives good gifts to his children, he says. So let us give him our best. Um, Sister Mary Reese, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. If, if you would, if you could read that for the assembly here. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. I really, I've always loved this verse. Go ahead. Yeah. Every man, according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And I really rejoiced when I heard somebody do a word study of that word cheerful because it actually is where we get the word hilarious from god loves a hilarious giver that they're given so cheerfully and so willingly it's almost hilarious that a person would be willing to just give to god that way or to give to others that way well is that the way we give out of a purposeful heart. I don't, I don't begrudge it. I'm so glad. God has blessed me so much. God has given so much best to me. What a privilege. What an honor. I, I rejoice to just give that back. And offer that back to the Lord. And God says that he loves that. He said I absolutely love it. When my people are willing to give themselves that way, to, to contribute to the cause. You know, it's just wrong for us to say, I have nothing to give. That would just be wrong, right? Um, because we have been so blessed by the Lord. Now, maybe you can give a lot of finances, you have time, you have, you have talents, you have abilities. And, and I love this, what it says. I'm just going to read this for you. Just jot this one down. It says it in a couple of places. Uh, but I just love the thought here that's tacked on 
at the end. This one is in Exodus 34, 20, and, and it's in several other places. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt... Then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem. But here's the thought, and it's really true. And none shall appear before me empty. Hallelujah. None shall appear before me empty. God says, as I bring my children, as I call them out, and as they gather together, and as I gather together, all of them will have something to give to the cause. To contribute to the cause. You've contributed to the cause tonight. If you hadn't put anything in the box. You've already contributed. You've contributed your time. You've contributed your love. You've contributed your voice. You've contributed your prayers. You, could, you have contributed a hearing ear and heart. To honor the word of God. Tonight you've already given. You've already given. God loves a cheerful giver. So. What can I give to God? Well, whatever it is that you give, beloved, I want to encourage it to be your best that you have. Secondly, secondly, what can I give to God? Well, it says there in our text, doesn't it? What we can give to Him. Give Him all the glory that He is due. Wow. Larissa, how much glory do you think God is due? <laughs> that's that's a, quite a task, right? If we had all the inhabitants that have ever been upon the earth with us right now, and all the people that were ever going to be, and we were all assembled at one time, and then we asked all the elect angels uh, to join with us, and we all at one time tried to give God all the glory that is due to His name. Would we have accomplished it? No, we still wouldn't have accomplished it. We would be like the Queen of Sheba, who saw Solomon in all his glory. And what did she say? The half has not been told. But this is the thing. It's what God is worthy of. God could ask for nothing else than the glory that is due to his name. And think about what a debt mankind owes to God in regards to this. None of us could give God all the glory that is due to His name. Hallelujah. Some of us are trying with all that we can to, to, to do that. But do you know that even those who have not done it upon the earth or not done it in their life, God says, I'm going to be glorified by them even in the damnation of the wicked. God is going to get His glory from them. That's, a, that's almost a terrible thought. Isn't it? But that's how God says how serious God is about His glory. Let's look at what Isaiah, Isaiah said, Isaiah 42, Brother Paul. If you could get Isaiah 42, and when you get there, I want you to read verse 8. Verse 8. Think about that. Uh, he's our Creator. We owe Him life, everything. Not only then the life, but he's preserving all things right now, right? Could, Gigi, you think you can make it one day without God? No, he's, he's not only created us and all the world, but he's even sending the rain on the just and the unjust. Even the wrath of man will what? Will praise him and the remainder 
He will restrain. Oh, hallelujah. Creator, preserver, benefactor, redeemer. And as the king of Siam said, etc., etc., etc. Brother Paul, Isaiah 42, verse 8. Pretty clear, right? God is not sharing His glory with any. He must glorify even Himself. Or He would not be God. That's a deep, deep thought I know. And so if God Himself must glorify Himself, how could we not give Him all the glory that is due? To his name. Amen. What a debt is owed by all the world. That's why he says it. All kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord all the earth. All, everything that hath breath. Let it praise the Lord in, in other places. The heavens have to rejoice. The earth has to be glad. The sea has to roar. The field must be joyful. Even the trees of the wood must rejoice for the whole universe is but the theater of his glory what a debt is owed by all the world and the scripture commands us to defraud not our brother the scripture just says that don't defraud your brother what does that mean don't defraud your brother it means don't cheat your brother if if you've borrowed from your brother to return what you have borrowed. To be honest in that way. Don't try to cheat anybody. Well, if it's true that we're not to defraud our brother, how much more is it true? My dear brothers and sisters, that we defraud not the God of heaven. That's why Achan's sin was so bad. Ananias and Sapphira's sin was so bad. Because they tried to keep back for themselves what belonged only to God. Isaiah said, He's the Lord. He will not be given His glory to any other. So, beloved, honor, honor. Even we cannot defraud Him the least honor that God deserves. Thirdly and lastly, what can I give to God? Give Him your time. Give Him your time. God is not... I love what somebody said. This is just a quote from somebody. I don't know who it was. They said, God is not so much concerned with your capability as He is your... Can anybody finish it? Availability. God is not so much concerned about your capability as He is your availability i love psalm 31 15 the psalmist says my times are in your hand we must never be too busy to serve god but that's what you hear people say and and the excuses that i've heard over my lifetime as a pastor i i wish i i'm glad i haven't kept a book of them because <laughs> it would be worthless and and wasteful to dwell on such a thing, but it's amazing over the years. 
And, and I'm not trying to judge them. I've made excuses myself. Sometimes I'm, I'm guilty too. Aren't you glad Jesus never made any excuses? Aren't you glad that every time that you need them, Sister Tammy, God has been right there. He's never said, Tammy, I'm just too busy for that. All right. Nobody got no time for that. <laughs> no. He, he's there. Never leave you. Never forsake you. With you always to the end of the world. How could we dare say, God, I'm too busy for you or for your kingdom or for your cause or for prayer or for reading my Bible or for attending the house of the Lord in your service. I don't have time to teach my children your word or pray or read with them or invest in your kingdom. We don't have time not to. We don't have time not to. I love the story about Elisha. Y'all remember about Elisha when he was called? Elijah comes along and he finds Elisha, the, the Tishbite. Does anybody remember what Elisha was doing when Elijah found him? Anybody remember what he was doing? You remember, Drew? He was plowing, buddy, with a yoke of 12 oxen. That's something else now. I think two oxen would be a load to handle. Here Elisha is. He is plowing with 12 oxen in it. And it says, if I read the scriptures right, y'all can check me up on it. I remember the story. I remember I preached through Elijah and Elisha a lot. It says that he was yoked with the 12th. In my mind, he's in there pulling with them. And Elijah comes by, he casts his mantle over him, right? Y'all remember? Let's go to it. Let's go to it. We got, we got time for this one. 1 Kings 19, just real quick, just look at that scene again and, and think about your life. I want to think about my life here at the end. And uh, so, yeah, um, there it is. Verse 19, so he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by and cast his mantle on him, and he left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And it's kind of like Elijah saying, Really, that's more important? Then what I've called you to do right now, and I love, he returned back from him, and he took a yoke of oxen, and he slew them, and he boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose, and he went after Elijah, and ministered him. That was a man on a mission, wasn't it? His alabaster box, his, his two mice. You know what's true, beloved? Sometimes you just got to make time, don't you? I remember in, in the Gospel of Luke, just very quickly, y'all remember those stories where it's three times that people say, they come to Jesus and say, Lord, I, I just want to follow you. I want to follow you wherever you go. Great intentions, right? But then the first one says, um, but before I do, let me go back and 
and do this or do that. It was just several things. I think, you know, good things. Wasn't, wasn't horrible things. Let me say goodbye to my family, kind of like Elisha. Let me bury somebody, right? I forget what else. Jesus says uh, foxes have their dens. Birds of the air have their nests. The Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He said, you know, let the dead bury the dead at one time. He said that at that time. That's all in uh, Luke 9 if you want to look at it later this week. Get yourself stirred up. He said, let the dead bury the dead. You come and, and follow me now. Now is the time. Now is the hour to give when the master calls. Be ready. And to the other one he said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. It may be tonight, you might be like, well, Brother Nathan, that's good for you, your preacher. That's good for some of these older people that kind of had, you know, got their lives all settled and going. But either I'm, I'm real young or, or maybe tonight you're like, well, Brother Nathan, I've done my giving. Okay? I'm up in years now and it's time for me to just kind of coast into heaven. Oh, boy, have I got a verse for you tonight. I was, I was hoping Brother Bobby was going to be here tonight because I wanted to really encourage him with this as we close, thinking about giving him our time. Genesis 17, here we are at the end of old Abraham's life. He's up there in years. And so it says in Genesis 17, Older saints, I wanted to use this to, to stir you up tonight about still giving God your time, what time that, that you have left. And when, Abraham, and when Abram was 99 years old and nine, 90 years old and nine, 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. Still calling on Abraham. To serve, to walk before him, to give, until the Lord called him home. Well, beloved, I, I hope that you see our Lord as worthy of all. No sacrifice will be too great. No service too small for Jesus. If you've never given him your life, Oh, that's, that's one of the highest joys of all. I'm glad to see almost everyone in here has done so. Praise the Lord. May we see many others do the same.